Welcome to the Lapsus Lima podcast. Please support us by signing up for member-exclusive content at lapsuslima.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Intermezzo 16. Recently, longtime friend and member of the podcast, Brian, sent us a fascinating series of images involving radial symmetry. Some were of geometric studies that he had created himself. Others were of architectural details, plaster works, elements of the botanical world, and so forth. This dialogue had initially been sparked by two factors, the first being this podcast's investigation of Louis Sullivan's system of morphology, the second being the late 20th century theory and architecture of Christopher Alexander. Both architects independently developed a system of generating what they termed living form, organic for Sullivan, and living structure for Alexander. It would be a whole separate series to discuss these two distinct approaches to the creation of form and, indeed, our current series is a part one of sorts. Today, we want to dwell on the similarity between these approaches. Both methods involve examples of radial symmetry where, instead of one axis running in one line that mirrors shapes on either side, there are multiple axes that meet at a central point drawing the corners of a square to all connect to each other in an X is very simple radial symmetry. Flowers or spirals are examples of a more complex variety. Radial symmetry often exists not only in design, but in the natural world. When one is trying to create something beautiful and orderly, it feels like a very natural thing to do. And absent any external influences on a pattern, radial symmetry comes in a conceptually straightforward manner, however difficult a truly profound effect is to achieve. This raises two points on the divergence of crystalline, so-called perfect symmetry, into the world that we see all around us we would argue that the natural world that surrounds us, as well as the art and architecture that reaches meaningful levels of beauty, all relate to each other in part by a common language. The face of a human or the outline of a leaf are no less precise in how they are shaped than a crystal or a diatom. In design, or in the natural world, the development of something can be fairly well understood by two factors. Properly adapt the shapes of objects, just as humans are able to perceive color or musical harmony, this crucial balance of symmetry is a sense perception that can be honed. Our internal feeling, mirrored in the external world, serves as a precise guide, even though we live in a culture that has pushed itself to being blind to it. 
we can use this inbuilt sense to address the shortcomings of design the industrial age has left in its wake, and to create a sense of adapted order that can reach a more sophisticated beauty than that offered us by the uncertainly related Euclidean forms. At root, this is a sense most likely tied to survival. The unease felt when dissonant geometry is present is a sign of something being very wrong, of injury, danger, or damage. The reactions of the very sensitive 19th century aesthetes to the supposedly ascendant material world around them, one in which a very real way threatens survival today, was more substantial than even they could have known.